With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It's nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson, and this is WSB. More specifically, News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I only say that because I assume the pig farmers listening are going to listen by record. He's not here today. I tried to stop by. I don't even know if he works here anymore. He was gone all last week, and now he's not here. Allegedly, he still works here. We'll see. His name's still on the door. That's a good sign. Now, the Russia dossier. Uh, folks, it is not a dozier. Just so you know, it's it's not a dozier. It is a dossier. The Russian dossier turns out Hillary Clinton paid for it. You know, the dossier the FBI used. Now, let me walk you through this thing. So the Russia dossier is the um, stack of opposition research documents collected on Donald Trump. Remember, if you will, please, going back to 2015 and into the beginning of 2016, there was a concerted effort by the Clinton camp to try to steer the GOP to Donald Trump. Yes, there were plenty of articles written at the time, Google is your friend, that the Clinton campaign loved the idea of the GOP nominating Donald Trump because he would be the one person for sure that she could beat. (laughs) So they began collecting all of the salacious opposition research on Donald Trump, hoping he would be the nominee. And they paid a foreign, former British intelligence officer, Christopher Steele, to dig up the opposition uh, based on rumors coming out of Russia. And he did. Now, the Clinton campaign did not want to be caught doing this. And they wanted protection uh, if they it were found to be doing this. So what they did is they hired a law firm, Perkins Coie, and they hired a lawyer there. And that lawyer then retained Fusion GPS, a company that was also working to help Russia against the Magnitsky Act. The Magnitsky Act is the the act uh, named after the Russian assassinated after exposing corruption that froze the assets of a number of Russian uh, billionaires. So a company that was helping Russia on one thing 
was then retained by a lawyer for Hillary Clinton to also dig up opposition in Russia on Donald Trump, which Fusion GPS did. Now, why go through the lawyer? Well, because if Fusion GPS is subpoenaed if they get caught or Hillary Clinton is subpoenaed if they get caught, they can claim attorney-client privilege. It was also, you will recall, the same law firms, Perkin Coie, that, that hired another outside group when the DNC servers were hacked. And, and the FBI never launched their own investigation into the DNC hack. They just relied on this firm to blame Russia. There's no actual evidence that Russia was the one that hacked the Democratic National Committee server. It was all what a Democratic operative said through attorneys because of attorney-client privilege. So after the election is over, the FBI, Barack Obama's FBI, agrees to continue paying Christopher Steele to build on the research he began building for Hillary Clinton. Hmm. So it turns out Donald Trump was right. The FBI and the Clinton campaign were together dealing with Fusion GPS as Christopher Steele to build opposition research on the president. Now, it's not nearly as bad as some of you are thinking. Okay, so here's one aspect of this. The, the FBI's further subpoenas into Manafort and the Trump campaign ties to Russia uh, this afternoon, the same people who brought us the news that Hillary Clinton first paid for this stuff, the Washington Post is also bringing us news that the FBI had independent corroboration for those things they look for subpoenas for. So the FBI subpoenas, it appears, if we're believing the same people who told us Hillary Clinton paid for this stuff, is saying on this one aspect of it, Paul Manafort in particular, the FBI had separate independent corroborating evidence to demand uh, the subpoenas. So they weren't basing their subpoenas on the Trump stuff off of the Christopher Steele dossier. Um, so that, is, that makes it not as bad. But, 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 here's the thing that no one is really talking about here. It makes sense to me that if the Russians weren't in this to help Donald Trump, but were, as the FBI says, as Barack Obama said, as Barack Obama's Homeland Security Secretary said, as, as all of them have said, other than the Clinton camp and the Clinton fans, all the credible Democrats, I guess I should say, as they have all said, the Russians were not in this to get Donald Trump elected. They were in this to sow discord and turn American against American to distract us from foreign affairs. So it makes sense that they would leak damaging information to Hillary Clinton, that they would gladly share information, that they would gladly make up information. At the same time that they were meeting with uh, Donald Trump Jr. to share information on Hillary Clinton. Now, let's not forget, please, that uh, some of the people uh, that were tied to Donald Trump Jr., I wrote about this a while back, they were also, in a roundabout way, tied to Fusion GPS and the same Democratic law firm. Yes, it's true. In fact, you know what? While I'm sitting here thinking about this, let me see if I can do a word search on this. Perkins 
echo site colon the resurgent.com and see if I can bring this stuff up. Um, yeah. So the remember the woman who was um, who met with Donald Trump Jr. She was connected to a guy who also had dealings with Fusion GPS. Um, and the whole thing, I'm going to have to link this to, um, I'm going to have to, yes, in Prevazon, the oil company. I'm remembering this now. We're Democrats working with Russia against Trump. That Russian lawyer has ties to the Democratic opposition researchers. Ding, 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 ding. Look, I wrote about this. Yes, Fusion GPS was simultaneously working on the unsubstantiated dossier alleging collusion between Trump presidential campaign associates and Russia, according to Chuck Grassley. All of this stuff ties together perfectly. So Fusion GPS, remember Natalie Veselnitskaya? She's the lawyer. Natalia Veselnitskaya, she's the lawyer who met with Donald Trump Jr. She had ties to Fusion GPS, was it a setup, the meeting with Donald Trump Jr.? It could have been. It could have all been a setup. They're, they're offering to hand information about Hillary Clinton over all of this stuff. Perhaps we need to revisit this. I bet we do. And I can't believe I thought of this in mid-sentence. Yes. So Natalie Vizelnitskaya, she's the woman who met with Donald Trump Jr. claiming she had information on Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump Jr. was willing to take the meeting. When Natalie Vizelnitskaya showed up, she didn't actually have any information on Hillary Clinton. She had other information. Uh, it was then leaked that she met with uh, Donald Trump Jr. And guess what? It turns out that she is tied to Glenn Simpson, who is the head of Fusion GPS. See, makes you wonder if she was the source now for the Trump dossier, and it makes you wonder who retained her to meet with Donald Trump Jr. Hmm. Meanwhile, it's Hillary Clinton's camp that's putting all this stuff together. Makes you wonder if it was a dirty trick. Does it not? It should. Y'all, Let's go back to the phones, 404-872-0750, WSB-TALK. Patrick in Marietta, welcome. Hey, Eric, thank you. Sure. Uh, I was wondering, it's also important, I think, to point out that this same dossier was apparently originally funded by Republican foes of Trump uh, until he became the presumptive nominee, and then it was picked up by the Clinton campaign and uh, the DNC. Yeah, so let's remind everyone of this, that it was it was one of the his Republican opponents had a major donor. I'm not sure which Republican opponent it is, but my understanding is that it was one of Jeb Bush's donors. Uh, began the compilation of the Steele dossier. When he dropped out and Rubio dropped out, this donor had nowhere left to go and decided to go Democrat and passed it off to the Clinton campaign, and they picked it up. Uh, now, the, the, the big thing that I think people need to realize as well, though, is that most of the dossier was compiled after the Clinton campaign picked it up, not while the Republican donor, and I don't actually know which donor it was. I, I know someone who knows him and has relayed the story to me that this dossier uh, was started by this guy, uh, hoping that it would be able to be used by Bush or Rubio to knock out Trump. It never progressed fast enough, 
there were no bites and Trump was steamrolling through the Republican primary. And so this donor passed it off to the Democrats where it did them no good either. And again, though, nobody has clean hands in any of this. It has come out today that one of Trump's campaign analytics people tried to work with WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks, whether you want to believe it or not, WikiLeaks is a Russian propaganda tool. They help the Russians. They are hostile to the United States. Uh, Julian Assange is hostile to the United States. And it pains me when I see people like Hannity and others uh, legitimizing a man who should be in jail and is hostile to the interests of this country, including hostile to the interests of Donald Trump. So you got Republicans reaching out to an arm of Russia propaganda. You got the Democrats doing it. Both sides have dirty hands and both sides are now accusing the other. Everybody gets to take the moral high ground against the other when neither of them should. We should all be appalled by the Russian collaboration in the American election. Hello there, it's 40 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson, and the phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. For those of you, I got this email this morning. If you're listening to the podcast, the show is live from 5 to 7 Eastern Time, and you can call in and be a part of the show then. You can listen live at wsbradio.com, by the way. You should get the WSB Radio app anyway and the traffic app, which I keep running on my phone at all times. It is glorious technology. Here's a funny thing for you all can all have your laugh at the Clinton campaign. So Maggie Haberman, she is a thorn in the side of the Trump administration. They do not like her. She has people within the Trump administration who will tell her anything and everything. And she reports it all. And the Trump administration hates her guts. She's a very good reporter. And she noted on social media this morning that the Clinton campaign and the Clinton lawyer, the Clinton lawyer who retained Fusion GPS to build the Trump dossier, denied that they were involved. In fact, the, the lawyer at Perkins Coey actually yelled at Ken Vogel, another reporter, and said his he was wrong and his sources were wrong. They had nothing to do with it. The, he told Maggie Haberman um, that her story was fake uh, and wrong and not true. And now all the Clinton people are angry with Maggie Haberman for pointing it out. They're, they're upset. How dare she say the Clinton campaign lied? Because the Trump campaign lies. Because it's always because of Trump. Y'all, this is gross. This whole thing is gross. The Clinton campaign collaborated with the Russians to hurt Donald Trump. Republican donors collaborated with the Russians to hurt Donald Trump. Donald Trump collaborated with the Russians to hurt Hillary Clinton. They all collaborated with the Russians. There are only two winners in this whole thing. Vladimir Putin, who wanted to disrupt the American democratic process, and Anthony Kennedy, who now has more and more justification for expanding the judicial oligarchy that actually runs this country and declaring himself king. 
I mean, Kennedy, he's got the redistricting case before him right now. I can see how that's going to go now. Well, we can't have the Russians doing affecting our election, so I think more judges need to draw the lines. I'm sure that's how it's going to go. His Majesty Anthony Kennedy, uh, he has declared himself king in all but name, and he benefits from all this, and this is just unseemly and gross. The elected people in this country and the people who wanted to be elected all collaborated with our enemy, the Russians, to hurt each other. And those of you who are Democrats who are going, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump, well, but Hillary, she did it too. Your gal doesn't have any cleaner hands than Donald Trump does, so shut up about it. It's all gross, and you should all be appalled. We should all be appalled. The Campaign Legal Center, which is a nonpartisan group, has just filed an election complaint against uh, the Clinton campaign and the DNC for breaking the law by concealing payments for the Russia dossier. They... they uh, essentially, they marked it up as legal bills to Perkins Coie when it really wasn't. It was an outside agent uh, digging up dirt. Uh, also, you should know, breaking news here, uh, U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley has been evacuated from a meeting she was having having in South Sudan amid security concerns. Protests have gr- grown there. And you should know, relatedly to all of that, uh, it turns out we now know why Barack Obama sent so many of our special forces to Niger and Chad. Turns out we have been actually rather successful in Afghanistan and Iraq against ISIS and Al-Qaeda, and they've moved to Africa. They have, uh, in Africa, begun setting up shop to grow and expand, to take over parts of Africa, to destabilize governments there. And Africa, I, look, I realize on the map, uh, you don't get a sense of how big Africa is. I mean, you look at Africa and you think, oh, it's like the United States, and it's got all these countries there that goes, no, Africa is bigger than North America. Africa is huge. I mean, it, it is a ginormous continent. And there's a lot of land to cover, and there are a lot of places that ISIS and Al-Qaeda can go in desert and in jungle to blend in and hide. And that is why our soldiers have been sent there and why our Air Force has been sent there. Um, they are destabilizing parts of Africa. And while those that destabilization doesn't per se jeopardize the United States, it allows a training ground for people who would, and it allows a launching pad for terrorists. And eventually, uh, they can take over countries and cause new terrorist hotspots. So it is in our national security interest to go root them out over there and shut them down. Um, How they were able to figure out one of our routine patrols and ambush it is still under investigation. But that is why we're there. And no, Donald Trump did not send them. Barack Obama sent them there. That's also one reason you probably don't want to compare this to Benghazi because they were there operating under the rules of engagement set by the Obama administration, which denied them the ability to have weaponized drones in the air above them as they were on patrol. Oh, guess what? 51% of Democrats have a favorable opinion of George W. Bush because not Trump. Yep. That that's is you know there's there's all of this uh, 
outrage on the left that, oh, Donald Trump says the First Amendment is no good. Well, guess what? It's horrible that all these Republicans now say it too. Well, you know what? Nancy Pelosi has suggested the First Amendment needed to be changed, and all the Democrats were okay with that. George W. Bush left office polling more unfavorably than Donald Trump taking office. And now suddenly he's a hero. It's not just the GOP. I mean, Democrats won't want to have to take the moral high ground here and say, oh, that Donald Trump, if he says something nasty, all you Republicans agree with him. Same thing happens on the left. It is all cults of personality these days. It is cults of personality. You know, like Robert Jeffries, he's the, the minister at First Baptist Church in Dallas. Um, he's a big Trump guy. He's the guy who, when Donald Trump said Planned Parenthood did good things, he was asked about it. Well, yeah, they do some good things. Ben Sass uh, takes off Sundays from Twitter. Does He's not political on Twitter. Robert Jeffries, who had Sean Hannity at his church in the pulpit on Sunday, I think her conversation, started attacking Ben Sass on a Sunday. Ben Sass takes the Sabbath off from Twitter and the preacher couldn't. It is all cults of personality. It is. Um, you would think the gospel could save us. Well, it can, just you got to believe it. Hello, it's nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson, the phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Um, oh, yeah, I am going to do this. I, I've been debating back and forth in the break um, whether or not I was going to do this, and I am. You'll just have to sit here and deal with it because you need traffic to get home. I have a captured audience. <laughs> Uh, There is data out today that suggests that as much as conservatives have moved themselves into an information bubble, that is, conservatives increasingly tune out all news except news from other conservatives, liberals in this country have isolated themselves into social bubbles, that is, Liberals may get news from a variety of sources, including switching to a talk radio program like this one or Rush Limbaugh or Fox News. But in their social bubbles, they then process out all the things they disagree with. Uh, The net result is that uh, conservatives uh, are increasingly less likely to encounter news uh, that they disagree with. And liberals are increasingly more likely to reject news they disagree with. And the reality is that uh, this is a byproduct of the Internet where we can build our own communities where everybody thinks like us. It is also a fact, and some of you don't like me saying this, and I know because you've sent me angry emails and you're liberals, but um, it is much easier for a liberal to go his entire day without ever encountering a conservative than it is for a conservative to ever go without encountering a liberal. Because increasingly, cities are isolated bastions of liberalism, and conservatives, they live in the suburbs and commute in and escape. 
I should also note there is a theology of cities, and it's not good. Uh, you you are to seek the welfare of the city you're in, but you know it, cities tend to be it was it was Cain's kin making the cities, and it was the the bad people in the cities building the Tower of Babel, and on and on it goes. Uh, it was the, the the people away from the cities who, who, who were less likely to be corrupted. So there's something there. But notwithstanding that, here's a problem for all of us that we're going to have to deal with. Uh, the fakery out there and the fake news. It is a fact that it was Republicans who started the Trump dossier. It is a fact that the Clinton campaign took it over. It is a fact that the FBI took it over from the Clinton campaign. It is also a fact that the FBI did not know the Clinton campaign was paying for it. Those are all facts. But now what we have is a situation where people can scream fake news and increasingly real news can be labeled fake news, but it is just as easy for fake news to be labeled real news. And in a postmodern world where everybody is, is Pontius Pilate yelling what is truth, uh, it's harder and harder to figure out what the truth is. And so you must rely on reliable people to tell you the truth. And reliable people are still sinners who can make mistakes, but it is increasingly a, a value-added proposition to have trusted sources who can tell you things accurately, and, but you have an obligation and a responsibility to not turn it off when they tell you things you don't like, uh, because sometimes the news of the day are things you don't like. Unfortunately, increasingly, both sides are willing to turn off the things they don't like, because they get told things they disagree with. And what we're seeing increasingly on the left is a distinct intolerance for anything they disagree with. And believe it or not, there's study after study and research after research from Pew and others showing conservatives are still more tolerant of being confronted by ideas they disagree with than the left. So I, I, I'll talk about this later if I can get to it. Um, ben and Jerry's is pushing a pseudoscience story out today about implicit biases, and it comes from a bunch of studies at Harvard, and there's actually more data that implicit bias is junk science than there is that it's real science. And I just decided you can go on and take these implicit biases surveys at Harvard, and I decided to take one. And I kid you not, this is a supposedly scientific study. Because, you know, they believe sociology is all scientific. And I kid you not, page one, you are confronted with these two questions. What sex were you assigned at birth on your original birth certificate? What is your current gender identity? Oh, yeah, and the options here are male, female, trans male, trans man, trans female, trans woman, gender queer, gender nonconforming, a different identity. This is an actual supposed scientific survey asking you a pseudoscientific question. But people will believe it. I mean, that is why there's so much yelling about the um, about transgenderism in this country. It's also why there's so much yelling about climate change in this country. Because the science doesn't bear out what they say. And because the science doesn't bear out what they say, 
they have to shut down the dissent. They have to shut down the people who disagree with them. They have to shut down the people who point out that what they're saying doesn't actually conform to the science. I mean, take the anti-vaccine crowd, and no, we're not going to have people call in this program and tell me that vaccines do cause autism and, and on and on and on because Dr. So-and-so researched it. Dr. So-and-so is a quack. The anti-vaccine people have doctors who say these things, who are medical doctors who went to medical school who say all the stuff they want to say. It's still quackery. In the same way the transgender people have a bunch of people who come out and they say all the things the transgender community wants them to say, it's still quackery. Just because you have someone with a, a PhD or an MD after their name doesn't mean it's true, but that's the way that people have decided that they're going to explain truth. In, in a postmodern world, we rely on the battle of experts. I have a PhD. You only have a master's degree. Therefore, I'm the expert. Never mind that you flip burgers at McDonald's because you're an incompetent fool and the guy with the master's is actually in school studying, researching, and teaching. It's all about the battle of degrees. You know, just as an aside, as a person of faith in this day and age, it, it really, you can see the, the, the devilish influence in all of this. Because if you believe in a religion that is truth, the gospel is truth, Jesus is truth, in a world where people want to know what is truth and we can all have our own truths, it becomes harder to convince people of the truth when everybody can have their own truth. You, you see where it heads as a society in this postmodern world. It's harder and harder to share a gospel on a unified playing field. You've got to spend a lot more time arguing the, the presuppositions of the argument before you can get to the argument. But it's the same in the news on a daily basis, that uh, Republicans, conservatives have isolated themselves in a news bubble away from uh, the mainstream news because they think, rightly so, by the way, that the mainstream news is full of a bunch of liberals trying to shape the news. And they're right, and that's a problem. And the liberals in the news don't want to see it. They want to hold their nose up at it, and they say, that's not true, when these are the same people who say, what is truth? And meanwhile, on the left, they're perfectly happy to accidentally flip over to Fox News and be horrified by what they hear. But they immediately discount it and don't believe it because they rush out to their liberal friends and say, did you hear this on Fox? And they all talk bad about Fox or this program or Rush Limbaugh or somebody else in conservative media. And so they can pat themselves on the back and reassuringly tell themselves that the truth is not true because no one in their circle of friends believes it. This all ends badly for us. You know where this ends? This ends with the Trump campaign working with Russia to get dirt on Hillary Clinton, while Hillary Clinton is working with Russia to get dirt on Donald Trump. Because what is truth and where does patriotism? Because by God, the other side's the enemy, even though they're American. We got to do what we can to save the country. And if that means collaborating with the Russians to stop the other side, then by God, that's what we're going to do. We'll collaborate with the enemy to undermine the other side. Because it's all fair and good, and after all, there is no truth. It's Eric Erickson here on WSB. Y'all, one of the things that I wrote in my book is about uh, some things not being political. That Not everything has to be political. Not everything should be political. In fact, if you subscribe to the podcast, which you can do by texting SHOW to 444-999, notice the way I did that segue, um, anyway, I, I, I do these interviews with people, Jake Tapper this week, uh, called Not Everything's Political, where we discuss things that aren't political. And 
one of the things that I write in my book should not be political is mealtime, food. We don't need to make food political. And yet, Ben and Jerry's has decided to, well, go political. Now, of course, Ben and Jerry's is a, a left-wing outfit anyway. Uh, they love making money in the capitalist system, but they're commies at heart. And so they tweeted out uh, today, what is implicit bias? And how does it shape our actions? The answer might surprise you. Read about it at BenandJerry's.com. And they've got this article up on their Ben and Jerry's blog. And it, it is Scoop Shop Sociology. Have you ever asked why you want half-baked ice cream? Don't get us wrong, we love half-baked too. But how is it we've become conditioned to believe that certain things like brownies and cookie dough or peanut butter and jelly go together perfectly while others don't? Well, maybe the bigger question is, why are we, what are we missing by not challenging our deepest assumptions? And they go into the idea of implicit bias, which is pseudoscience, you should know. There, they cite these studies. One study found job applicants with white-sounding names get called back 50% more often than others. Another study showed that university professors responded more often to emails from students whose names suggested they were white males. Black drivers are pulled off over more often than police. Research indicates unfounded stereotypes about black criminality are exceptionally powerful in the country. Except there's a problem. And, of course, they, they want to go into systemic racism, and essentially this is all being butthurt about the election. There's a problem here. Virtually all the studies that Ben and Jerry's has cited have been debunked. Um, they're, they're statistician hoo-ha. Um, yeah, they, they have been. Now, it is true, for example, it is true that black drivers are more often pulled over than by the police than a white driver. It is true. But... For all of the explanations and whatnot, for a lot of these studies, like university professors respond more often to students who sound like they have a white name or uh, sound like they are, I'm sorry, white males. Um, it, not actually true science. It's all pseudoscience. So much of this stuff has been debunked, and yet they continue to push it. These are the people who... Um, they're the people who push the whole idea of science. In fact, the Chronicle of Higher Education has a study up, uh, can we really measure implicit bias? Maybe not. In, in a growing measure of studies, of the studies, by the way, shows that implicit bias is a lot of hooey. And yet, Ben and Jerry's wants to push it because they need to explain that the reason Donald Trump won is because a lot of good people are implicitly bigots and they need to understand it. Oh, boy. When we come back, uh, Georgia Republicans, they actually are considering, well, they want to take your guns. I'll tell you about it when we come back. Okay, if you're just tuning in, at the end of the last segment, I said the Georgia Republicans want to take your guns. I I, I shouldn't state it so definitively, but I, I want to explain to you what I'm talking about. They don't technically want to take your guns, but I, I want to go back to uh, something I talked about yesterday. Chris Riley, who is the governor's chief of staff, he was at a presentation with Shirley Franklin. They were talking about trying to attract Amazon here, and, and he's very upset that 
Republicans in Georgia keep pushing religious liberty legislation. They want protections for Christians in the state. They, they don't want the state to compel Christians to violate their faith. Uh, you'd think 30-some-odd states, including California, have similar legislation. Georgia would be okay with it. But no, 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 no. Amazon.com doesn't like it, and neither does the Fortune 500, so we're not allowed to have it in this state. Now, all it does, just so you know, RIFRA is what we're talking about, Religious Freedom Restoration Act. All it does is it tells courts that you must take a strict standard on the free exercise clause, just as you do on the free speech clause under the Constitution, for a state to be able to curtail your free speech rights, the Supreme Court has said that you have to use a strict standard. There must be a clear and compelling reason in order to force you to give up your free speech for the state to be able to do something. With the Even though the free exercise clause is also part of the First Amendment, the Supreme Court in the past has said you don't have to have that. You just have to have a rational basis. you got to have basically a legitimate excuse by the government to force you to give up your uh, religious exercise instead of your speech exercise. So all RIFRA does is say the court got it wrong. They're all part of the First Amendment, so every part of it must be treated with strict scrutiny. But Chris Riley and the governor, they don't want the state to pass that legislation. They have said in the past they would. Governor Deal has said repeatedly he would sign it. When the legislature passed it, he wound up vetoing it um, because Hollywood and Fortune 500 companies said they would stop taking your taxpayer dollars and, and um, leave the state unless he vetoed it. So because he put money ahead of God, he vetoed it. And now Chris Riley's on stage saying, oh, we can't have religious liberty in Georgia. Never mind that all these other states do, including states Amazon does business with. We can't have it here. But there was more to what he said that's not getting any attention. Everybody's making about the religious liberty fight. He also said other social conservative legislation keeps him up at night. What would that social conservative legislation be? As I mentioned yesterday, guns. Look at the pain and consternation the legislature had to go through for campus carry. Now, other states, there's also, by the way, the, the adoption issue. That, that's the one keeping them up at night because um, the, the, the governor has taken the position that Christians should no longer be allowed to help the state place children in adoption uh, in in adoption adoptive families, uh, he doesn't he doesn't like that Christians want to be able to practice their faith and help the state place kids in adoptive homes. He, and it, guns is another issue, though. See, for those of you who think this doesn't affect me, it's no big deal. It only only affects you Christians. It doesn't, because if you're willing to curtail religious liberty, you're willing to curtail the Second Amendment. And it appears the Republican leaders in the state are willing to do that. Why? Not because they believe it. They love the Second Amendment. They'll tell you so anytime you give them an opportunity. But Amazon doesn't. Jeff Bezos is a liberal. He's a gun control nut. So are these other Fortune 500 CEOs that Georgia wants to attack. So it's not just your religious liberty they're willing to come after. It is your guns they're willing to come after. They're willing to not advance the gun rights agenda in Georgia. They're willing to make it harder to buy a gun. They're willing to to not expand concealed carry. They're willing to not expand your rights in the state because the Fortune 500, Amazon in particular, doesn't want them to. Our Republican leaders are willing to have your values held hostage by liberals out of state so that they can bring those liberals into the state. You should consider that when you vote. I Look, I don't want to sound like a broken record on this issue, but I'm trying to make you guys aware of what's going on here. 
You are electing people in this state who for years have told you they were conservative, have for years told you they love Jesus, that they love babies, and they love guns. And what we're seeing is that when you dangle money in front of them, they are willing to abandon Jesus, abandon baby, and abandon guns. I, interestingly enough, I, I, I do find it very funny that they, they will throw Jesus out before they throw the guns out, but they will still throw the guns out. They will. And a lot of people want to deny it. They don't want to make eye contact with it. Uh, they wish it weren't so, but it's going to happen. This social conservative legislation, it keeps Chris Riley up at night, which means it keeps the governor up at night. That he wants to try to balance the two. You know, at some point he's going to be forced to choose. And thus far, as much as I have respected this governor and a lot of what he's done, he tends to choose money over values. And he is convinced that attracting liberals to this state will be a good thing and will be a good legacy for him. And all he's doing is he's uh, trying to get people to invest in Georgia who wouldn't pee on him if he were on fire. These liberals wouldn't. Jeff Bezos wouldn't. Jeff Bezos does not want you to have religious liberty. He is opposed to the idea of Christians being able to adopt, uh, take children in foster care and place them in loving homes unless they give up their views on marriage. And so the, the state is going to be beholden to these people. Listen, when do we start sticking up for Georgia's values? When do we stick up for Georgia's businesses? When do we stick up for Georgia's small businesses? Many of whom share the values the governor purports to share, except they're willing to keep them consistently. And the governor abandons them when Fortune 500 companies tell him to. And it's not just him, it's David Ralston, it's Casey Cagle, it's the leadership in the, in the State House and the State Senate. They will come for your guns the moment they completely abandon us on religious liberty. And this we should all take and acknowledge is all but an admission that that is one of the issues we're going to have to deal with is guns. And when the liberal businesses want our Georgia Republicans to start restricting them, they're going to, unless you stand up to them on, now on this religious liberty issue, and it's going to come up coming soon to the legislature. Don't forget, you can get the show by texting the word show to 444-999. You'll get the podcast and the daily email. Bill Nye... The pseudoscience guy says he's a failure, that, that his left-wing climate change crusades have failed. He was speaking with Salon, the left-wing trollbait magazine. The United States has now got the head of the EPA who wants to close the EPA. It's been completely ineffective, he explains, noting his shows and books that warn the dangers of climate change. The problem has been the fossil fuel industry is so well-funded. Oh, whatever. Even these guys with kids and grandkids have lost sight of what the consequences of introducing the idea that scientific uncertainty plus or minus a couple percent is somehow the same as doubt about the whole thing plus or minus 100 percent. And that's wrong. Listen, dude talks a brilliant scientific game, but he doesn't really have any scientific accomplishments. Uh, he's a mechanical engineer from Cornell who passes himself off as some sort of credible scientist who, who, who he, he does a show saying the science is real on climate change and then does a show claiming that boys can become girls and girls can become boys just by belief. It's pseudoscience that, that Bill Nye's. And, you know, this is one of the reasons I think climate change fails is because so much of liberalism is the logic of an insane asylum that you're born gay or straight, but you can decide to become a boy or a girl. These are the same people who believe that the world is going to warm past the point where we can do anything about it. And you know what? I I'll concede the point that the world is warming. Climate change is real. The world has gotten colder. Of course the world can get warmer. I think it's largely natural. 
but there are 7.6 billion of us on the planet. I'm sure we have a small something to do with it getting warmer, but I don't care because I believe we can adapt. And by the way, guess what? The same science says that we're past the point of being able to, to do anything about it. So if, if that's the science, and I've read the report, and that's what it says, and they're screaming, we got to do something, we got to turn the clock. No, because that, that's not what the science says. If you believe the science, we're past the point of return, we're, we're past the point of being able to fix it, it's going to go on for another 100 years before things can change, so adapt. It is amazing. All these people believe in, in evolution and natural selection, and, and you're born gay or straight, you can become boy or girl, they don't believe in adaption. Adapt. If you think the world is going to get hotter, uh, don't tell the poor Africans you're not allowed to have electricity and air conditioners or the rest of us are going to have the oceans melt and flood our fancy resort towns and, and beach houses. No. Adapt. Move your house. Sell your house now. Give it to some sucker who wants a beach house. You can give it to me. I'll take it for a dollar. Or some of you can give me lots of millions and I'll get a NetJet subscription too. But it's just absolutely crazy that they think this. They they think that uh, adaption. You you can't adapt to this stuff. We we gotta we gotta shut down everything. I'll let them start. Hold your breath. Don't get on the private airplane and sell your car. And then maybe I'll believe you. We're out of time, folks. See y'all tomorrow. <laughs>